The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We're in Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39 is we're actually going to finish this chapter. And uh, we're going to pick up where we left off Friday. Well, we were talking about the idea, we've talked the last couple episodes about the idea of God using, we went from Romans 8, 38 and 39, that God, everything works together for good, that all things can work together for good to them that love God, walking with God, right with God. Um, God will use those. And frankly, I can even go as far as saying not right with God because God can use these things to bring them back to him. But um, then we talked about his, his perfect will through sanctification in our lives. And so we talked about the fact that he is now being thrown in prison. So let's go ahead and begin reading. I'm going to go back one verse from what we've already read, Genesis chapter 39, verse 20. It says this, And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was a doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made him to prosper. So I see three primary principles, truths we can learn um, from this today. Now remember, we have just finished talking about the idea that this was not a mistake for Joseph to be in prison. Just like it wasn't a mistake for Joseph to be thrown in the pit. Just like it wasn't a mistake for Joseph to be sold into slavery, uh, ultimately at Potiphar's house. Just like, you know, that doing right by saying no to Potiphar's wife, uh, he's not being punished for it. It's not like it would have been better if he had sinned. No, he, all of this is working right. Now, it doesn't humanly look like that. Again, please try to uh, it, forget the fact that we know the end of the story. So we know how this all turns out. So it's easy for us to see, well, it has to happen this way. But that doesn't make it easy for somebody who for over 13 years sat through this waiting somehow for God's vision and God's dream and God's promise to him to be fulfilled. And yet through all of this, he still remained gracious and faithful through all of it when it didn't humanly make sense. I mean, he's getting further and further away from any place. You humanly think about it. Maybe he's a Hebrew that could be used because okay, the Hebrew God was helpful. I don't know how they would have made that work, but a slave is less likely to make the uh, face of Potiphar. A prisoner, even less likely. And so a king's prisoner is probably even less likely. I mean, this is many, we know this from the story of the butler and baker we'll talk about here in a few episodes, where one of them was killed because of his work before the king. So uh, this was not the place that you would assume. So let's look at a couple things in verse 20. I want to look at the place that he was put into. And he says, and the, uh, Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. I think the place is very unique. It's very unique because as we'll read here a little later down the road, we're going to talk about the fact that he spent time with the butler and baker. Well, why is that important? Because these were two men that worked exclusively with the king, in the face of the king. Um, they were there. They, they had absolute trust. One of them was killed because he didn't, couldn't be trusted, but absolute trust. And, but who else would give a prisoner a place and a chance to maybe be standing in the presence of the king, but say, these two men? Somebody who worked in the presence of the king. So there was no mistake, not necessarily by Potiphar when he threw him into prison. There was no mistake by God to have Joseph thrown into this prison. This was exactly where he needed 
to be. So let, let's just look at the simple principle from this. God's going to put us, and I, when we talk about places, let me take a second, we talk about places and talk about when I say places. Uh, sometimes the places we are are our circumstances. We're in a, a place of depression, a place of frustration, a place of hurt, a place of betrayal, um, a place of confusion, a place where we don't understand why things are happening or how these happen. These are all possibilities, and God has placed us in these different scenarios, in these places. The disciples, on more than one occasion, found themselves out in a storm. That God allowed them to be in. The circumstance was a storm. They, he walked in the water. All the, he was sleeping in one of the stories in the bottom of the boat. All these different circumstances and scenarios are places that God has allowed them to be. Then David said in Psalm 23, Though I walk where? Through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. He simply and specifically states that you're going to be in an uncomfortable place, but I'm going to be there with you. Hebrews 13 he tells us he will never leave us nor forsake us. Uh, we talked Sunday about the fact that, Sunday night, about the fact that Jesus was speaking to the church of Smyrna. And as he's speaking to the church of Smyrna, he says, listen, I have been through the trial and tribulation you've been. I understand it. And I see what you're going through. I see the place where you are. So when we look at a place. God may not put us in prison. But he's going to put us in circumstances and places of discomfort in some cases or allow us to go there. And one of the things that I've learned, these places are supposed to be places to help us. Uh, you say, how in the world is it possible to help us? To be personally honest with you, this is just the way I see it. Um, there is no greater place, and I tell you from experience, and I've not enjoyed the process. I, I look at much of what I'm about to say from the other, end, other side of this. But I... I have learned more about God and seeing God's power and seeing God's grace and seeing God's movement. I see it more in the trials than I ever have in the victories. You see, when we get into the victories, when things are going well, we're not as compelled to our knees as we should be. We do it because that's what Christians do and we think we should and maybe we don't want to lose the blessing or something, but in all reality, we don't. We're not as compelled for the need to be on our knees. But you know what I'm talking about. When things are going well, you're in a bad place, if I can use that term. And, you're, and, you're, and things are struggling, and you're just overwhelming, you almost feel like God, is, with, over the pressure of life, has forced you to your knees. And your prayer is different. It's no longer just the ritualistic prayer that we do throughout the day. It's passionate. It's, it's fervent. It's real. It's just straightforward with God. We, you know what I'm talking about. It's different in that place. Uh, you want to disappear from other people in the closet why? Because you just want to talk to God and you need to be pretty honest and you're struggling right now. You don't want people to hear what's going on. All of it, and by the way, these are good things. Then you get to recognize the voice of God. I understand. I don't believe he speaks audibly to us, but you begin to recognize how he speaks to us. You begin to recognize circumstances and how he uses them. All of these things are true. It's okay. It's good to be in this place. It's good to be in this place. We don't want to be there. James says, Con it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Peter says, um, Think it not strange concerning the fire trial, which is a trial. Some strange thing happened unto you. Um, throughout Scripture, so many people have found themselves in these different places. Peter, was it, um, Peter, uh, uh, Peter, and J Peter found himself in prison. Paul and Silas found himself in prison. Multiple. And, and in both of those occasions, Peter was freed from prison. Paul and Silas were able to see someone saved as a halt of it. Different places. God places us in different places for his glory. The key is, how do we recognize it? We recognize it because if we're right with God, we would not be here in this place if it weren't for God. And you say, what do you mean if you're right with God? Please understand, each and every one of us have been given a free will to make decisions and choose our actions and things of that nature. 
Every decision we make, every action we make has consequences to go with it. So if I decide to go away from God and outside of God, and I decide to make decisions that ultimately result in negative consequences, that's not God allowing it to happen. That is my decisions. I'm reaping what I'm sowing, as we talked not that long ago. I go out and I reap negativity and I reap division, or I just, I reap to the flesh. I'm going to, of that flesh, reap corruption. It's just the way the Bible has clearly stated it. It's not karma, it's biblical. So when we look at that, um, sometimes the place we find ourselves in, we are in that place simply by decisions we make. When you go to jail, you commit a crime, you're in that place because of decisions you make. When, fam when marriages are falling apart, you're often in a bad place in your marriage because of decisions you've made. Uh, when you struggle financially, you're in a bad financial place because of decisions you make. Uh, when someone refuses to work and they live in a dumpy place, it's by decisions they work. So all of these things we see, these are decisions that we make. That's different. Right? So if I'm going to live in sin and do wrong and, and disregard God, I'm going to find myself in a place of discomfort, and that's part of life, unfortunately. Now, having said that, if, I find, if I'm right with God and I'm doing right, and I'm not perfect, please understand, there's no perfection, there's no sinlessness, but if I believe that I'm right and doing everything I can to glorify God, the best of my ability, and yet I f still find myself in this place, God has me there. He has me there. He's allowed me to be there. He's allowed a circumstance. He's allowed Satan to do something. He's allowed things to unfold so that I can learn more about him and then I can be more aligned with his will. See, that was ultimately the why Joseph was put into this place. He was put into this place because it was the center of God's will. It was the place that God needed him to be so that he could meet the two necessary people. And one of them would ultimately, years later, but ultimately place Joseph in front of Pharaoh. He needed to be in that place. So how could, how, how, what do we do in these places? Let me, let me finish with this. How, how, what do we do? I had three thoughts and we'll pick up here tomorrow on the other one, starting with the second one. But let me just give you some thoughts here. What, what do we do in these places? Number one, recognize the hand of God in these places. When I find myself in a dark place, a struggling place, recognize the hand of God. You see, what about anxiety, depression, things of that nature? Is God allowed me to be there? Personally, I think that God can allow us through some certain scenarios so that we find our strengths in Him. It's not in medicine necessarily, although medicine has its place. It's not in other people. It's, it's not in my circumstances. We find our strengths in our circumstances and everything being comfortable. And God says, I want you to find my strength in me. Or he wants us to find our strength in him. So he allows us into scenarios where uh, emotions and anxiety, all these things can build up to realize if I put my trust in my surroundings and those things begin to shake, then my you know, anxiety rises, depression rises, all these things go. I need to go back and find myself. Now, in some scenarios, medicine's needed to help get us back to a calm place where we can recognize God. But in, in generally speaking, for most of us, it's simply going to come down to if I learn I mean it. I don't, I don't mean I know that I can trust God. You know, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not until understanding. I can quote scripture, but we said this Sunday. There's a grave difference between knowing something is true and believing it's true. See, if I believe that I can trust God and I don't lean into my own understanding, then I'm, it's easier for me to not be overwhelmed. If I believe what Paul said in Philippians, um, uh, um, be anxious for nothing, careful for nothing. Stop being nervous over things. And everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. Simply put, drop it and give it to God. That's the simplistic way to put it. And if I can learn that, and if I really believe that, then I can do it. Knowing it helps. Believing it. Because knowing something is, it is, is acknowledging a truth. Believing something compels my actions. 
But faith without works, faith without belief is dead. If I don't believe it and if I don't do something with it, I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm encouraging you to move beyond knowledge to belief. God's in control, which means wherever you are, recognize his hand too. Recognize what he's planned. What is he doing? What am I trying to learn? What, what does he want me to learn about me in this situation? How do I need to align better to God's will? What do I need to get right with God? What do I need to uh, throw off, like we're told in Hebrews, to set aside the sweat and sin that easily besets us? What do I need to do to get rid of that? What do I need to do to be closer to God? So recognize God's allowed me to be here. Recognize his purpose and his plan in the midst of this. And then begin to recognize the direction needed to get out. To get to the other side, recognize his presence and follow him. And in the midst of this, he will give me the direction that in his timing, I will find myself on the other side. And then I will recognize his voice, his strength, his power, all of this stuff I begin to see. Because I've allowed him to move me through this. The place you're in, God has you there for a reason. Don't get frustrated and try and get out of it. Grow through it. Now, I'll be honest with you. You know what I'm, you know what I'm about to say. That is real easy to say looking at a camera. It's real easy to say standing behind a pulpit. Not so easy to do, and I tell you that from somebody who's been on both sides of this. But when you, when you finally stop trying to change the circumstance and embrace God's plan in the circumstance, it'll be amazing how you begin to see God move in a powerful way. And you will begin to see that he really has a plan. He, everything does work together for good. He is working out sanctification through your life. And you will see how he can use this to solve and answer many of your requests and ultimately grow you in him. I hope that was a help and encouragement this morning. Again, thank you for joining us again. Sorry about yesterday for just missing all that. And, uh, we'll be back again. We'll make sure Monday we have one ready and we don't miss it again. But thanks for joining us today on Tuesday. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. And I uh, hope, hope to see you tomorrow. Hope you have a great rest of the week. God bless.